You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, hope you are doing well. We are starting a new sub-thread. If you've been with us either online or you have been with us in person or you've been attending church on the weekends here at Faith Chapel, um, you know that we have been doing this year-long series entitled Threads. But underneath the banner of Threads, we have been looking at um, what I've been calling sub-threads. Um, and last week, we wrapped up a sub-thread called Empires, Kingdoms, and Realms. And this week, we're starting one that is simply entitled Places. That we have these places in our lives that we go to, that we walk through, and they are used for redemption and refinement and challenge and all those different things. And sometimes they're they're positive things, and sometimes they are not. And but but there the reality is is that we all come to these places. And this week we're talking about a place of wandering. We're going to look at a few different passages in Scripture and then apply them to our lives today. Over the last four months, Nate uh, has taken Scriptures from all over the Bible and shown a thread really beautifully. This last weekend, he kind of camped in one story, the story of the Israelites wandering in the desert, but he he honed in on what is to be learned in the midst of wandering. It was a really incredible message. I would encourage you to head over to the Faith Chapel website and listen to that message either on the podcast or you can catch the whole video. But for us this week, I'm going to do my best to highlight some different passages littered throughout Scripture that point to this truth, that wandering is a part of the human experience. It's simply a part of the human experience. As much as we would like to believe that we can completely avoid it and be on track at all times, we will wander. That is the truth today. It's been a truth since the day that Adam and Eve were sent out of the garden, that Adam and Eve had this proximity to God. And because of their disobedience, they were sent out of the garden. There was a step away from proximity in that relationship. And in Genesis chapter 4, we see another step away from proximity to Jesus. It's the story of Cain and Abel. We're just going to look at a couple verses here, but but Cain and Abel are Adam and Eve's sons, and there's this tragedy that happens because of a of jealousy and bitterness. And Cain says this in Genesis chapter 4 verses 8 through 12. Cain says to his brother Abel, "Let's go out to the field." And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother and he killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's guardian? Then he said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood that you have shed. If you work the ground, it will never give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. A restless wanderer on the earth. For Cain and his descendants, God used wandering as a punishment. To be clear, I'm not saying that if you were in a season of wandering, God is actively punishing you. That is not what I'm trying to say. But what I am saying is that God's original intention for us was that we would never have to wander, that we would never have to be cast out, that we would never have to lose proximity to him. That that God's original intent was for us to walk hand in hand with him through this perfect earth. But because of our humanity and decisions that are made, there's just these steps, these incremental steps where people are making decisions to do it their own way instead of having proximity to God. God designed life for Adam and Eve in the beginning to be in the closest of proximities to him, but their humanity got the best of him. So the question that, that I want to ask is, are we actively pursuing that proximity to God? 
Are we actively pursuing proximity to God? I know that can be a hard question to wrestle with, but I think we must do exactly that. Are, are our lives a representation of someone who's choosing nearness to Jesus over the desire to do it our own way? Are we choosing nearness to Jesus over the desire to do it our own way? Because our own way leads to wandering. Our own way leads to wandering without Jesus because we are pushing the nearness of Jesus to the side. And we are saying, no, I don't want that. What I want is to go my own way, but our own way isn't always the way that Jesus would want us to go. So if we answer the question, is my life a representation of someone who's choosing nearness to Jesus, with a confident yes, then the follow-up question would be, well, how? How are you doing that? How are you How are you um, creating space in your own life to make sure that you're prioritizing your relationship to Jesus? Are you in Christ-centered community? I would say that even taking the time to, to listen to a podcast, I said uh, this week at, at Young Adults, I said, Hey, like the fact that you are in the room and you are attending and you are a part of Christ, like this is this is a decision that you're making to be in proximity to people who are following Jesus and in turn is a decision to be in proximity to Jesus. What I'd say in your busy week is you're taking the time to listen to a podcast that's all about Jesus, that you are making a decision to be in proximity to Jesus. But a podcast or a Tuesday night isn't the only thing that we can do to be healthy disciples of Jesus. So as you look through your week, how are you engaging with scripture? How are you engaging with people, worship, serving, all of those different things? How are you choosing nearness to Jesus over doing it your own way? And if you say, no, I'm not choosing nearness to Jesus. I'm not choosing proximity to Jesus. I'm not pursuing proximity. Then my follow-up question would be, why? Why? And that doesn't come from a place of judgment. It comes from a place of understanding because there there are so many times in my life where if somebody asked me if I was actively pursuing proximity to God, I would say no. And I have to ask myself with some internal introspection, why? Why am I not prioritizing my relationship with Jesus? Why am I not prioritizing community? Why am I not prioritizing serving? Why am I not prioritizing the things that God has called me to do? It is not comfortable to be introspective. It is not fun, but it's always necessary if we want to grow. So the next thing is this, is that Jesus is not surprised by our wandering. Jesus is not surprised by our wandering. I think there's this misconception that so many of us carry with us that Jesus is baffled by our humanity. He isn't. And he's willing to be an active participant in the midst of our wandering if we invite him to be. The book of Ezekiel has this amazing passage in it that I want to look at, but first I want to set up a little bit of context here. Ezekiel is a prophet that is included in a group of exiles during the destruction of Jerusalem by Babylon arguably one of the, the greatest crisis, crisis in Israel's history. He's speaking to the nation in a season of great pain, of great loss, of great brokenness, and in turn, great wandering. And in chapter 34, he's relaying this message of God to the people of Israel. And he says this, he says, For this is what the Lord God says, See, I myself will search for my flock. I will look for them as a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he is among his scattered flock. So I will look for my flock. I will rescue them from the places where they have been scattered. On a day of clouds and total darkness, I will bring them out from the peoples. I will gather them from the countries, and I will bring them to their own soil. 
I will shepherd them on the mountains of Israel in the ravines and in the inhabited places of the land. I will tend them in good pasture in their grazing places will be on Israel's lofty mountains. There they will lie down in good grazing places. They will feed in a rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will tend my flock. I will let them lie down. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strays. I will bandage the injured and I will strengthen the weak. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will shepherd them with justice. We live in a culture that encourages individuality, and that can be a good thing. But in our faith, we can often relegate Jesus to our own lived experience and nothing else. It's only about our individual experience. And that can present in positive ways, I think, sometimes when we think about Wow, like, look at what God did for me. Like, look at his love for me. That, that we're in, when we're in a positive headspace and we're healthy, that that can be okay in some aspects. But many times we're not in the greatest place, and all we can think about is Jesus and our own lived experience and, and what we have created, this box that we've put Jesus in or God in, and we think, well, Jesus can't deal with my brokenness. Jesus can't deal with my sin. Jesus can't deal with my wandering. That the God that I have constructed in my head, in my own image, can't deal with my stuff. But we have to understand that there's this beauty and mystery of God that is big enough and grand enough for all people, every single person. And we can't relegate him to only our own singular lived experience. I love this passage because God makes some incredible declarations. And I think in turn that the we can point to this passage and we can to make some statements that, that we faithful, faithfully believe. And the first one would be this, is that Jesus will bring back the strays. Jesus will bring, bring back the strays. There is nobody that is too far gone. There is nobody that has been gone for too long. For some of us, we need to hear that. But for all of us, there is someone in our lives that absolutely needs to hear that. That the call in our lives, if we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, is to not just know the truth of Jesus, but to share the truth of Jesus. To know the love of God, but to share the love of God. To know the forgiveness of God, but to share the forgiveness of God. We are not called to just internalize it and say, that's really nice for me. We are supposed to be people who take it to the world around us. There's nobody too far gone, and there's nobody that has been gone for too long. Jesus is in the business of redemption. He is in the business of restoration. And when we start inviting Jesus into the middle of our wandering, we become people who stop pursuing perfection and start pursuing that proximity, that that nearness to Jesus. That when we say, no, I, I want to invite Jesus into the midst of this because no matter what my situation, no matter my circumstance, I want to be close to him. There's a simple truth in the fact that being close to Jesus will make us more like Jesus. Nearness to Jesus will make us more like Jesus. Jesus. That applies to all of us, no matter how long we have strayed from the path, no matter what we've done. There's somebody in my life that I love dearly, who's much older than me, and um, is somebody that I never really thought would find a relationship with Jesus. And um, we once had a conversation about um, him. He was like, I'm sorry that I wasn't a great example to you. And I said, no, like you're actually a fantastic example to me. You just taught me all the things that I shouldn't do. And that was just as effective as watching somebody who showed me all the things that I should do. 
and we just had an interaction this this last week. Uh, a, a mutual friend of ours um, went through something absolutely tragic, and he he called me and he said, "Man, I don't know how people do this without God. I don't know how people do this without Jesus." And it was just mind blowing to me because twenty years ago. <laughs> When we would have conversations, I never imagined that faith would be a part of his story, but now it is. And he went through it. He did stupid stuff. He he strayed for a really, really long time. And now God is just like slowly shepherding him into his presence. And it's this beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. And it just reminds me that there, there's just nothing that we can do that will separate us from the love of God. There is nothing, no time spent away from God that, that will, he'll be like, you know what? You were gone too long. There's no sin that is too great for him to overcome. And we need to understand that God will bring people back. And we need to understand that for ourselves and our own spirit, that God will bring us back home. But we also need to understand it for the world around us, that God will be bring people home. So when we look at people and say, I don't think there's any way that they'll ever know the love of Jesus, that they'll ever follow Jesus. We need to kill that narrative in our mind and say, no, like God will bring people home all we get to do is just help. We get we get to love people into the kingdom of God, into the presence of Jesus, and let him do his mighty, restorative, redeeming work. So Jesus will bring back the strays, and Jesus will bandage the injured. Wandering without Jesus will often lead to pain. We've all had moments or seasons of life where we have walked a path that wasn't in alignment with who Jesus has called us to be. And some of us got really hurt in that process. And some of us also hurt a lot of other people in that process. Some of us have relational hurt. Some of us have physical hurt. Some of us have sexual hurt. And some of us have church hurt. Pain upon pain upon pain. And I'm so sorry that you have had to go through that. I'm so sorry that you've had to experience pain. But what I want you to hear is that Jesus sees that and Jesus will engage with that. And he will tend to it. He will bandage the injured. He will heal and he will restore. My prayer is that young adults at Faith Chapel would be a place where you can come, a place that you can engage with, engage with where we get to be a part of the healing process. But we also understand this is that if Jesus isn't right in the middle of it, there will never be complete healing. There will never be complete restoration absent of Jesus. So I hope you know, I hope you know that Jesus sees it and he's not afraid of it and he's not surprised of it and he'll step into it. Would you just invite him? Would you just invite him to be a part of the process of healing and restoration. Lean into the truth that Jesus is not just looking for your obedience, but he is looking for your flourishing. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive. And he wants to be a part of healing the brokenness in your life. So Jesus will bring back the strays. He will bandage the injured and he will strengthen the weak. I don't know what season you're in, but I'm sure there are plenty of us that, that feel like we're barely scraping by. I know that... I hope, 
we would know that in a world that screams for success and image, we would be willing to vulnerably step step into authentic admission. And when I say authentic admission, this is what I mean. Admission that we are not perfect. <laughs> admission that we are lacking. Admission that we are weak in areas of our lives. And in that, we would rely on the Jesus that we know, on the strength of Jesus to fill the gaps. Following Jesus doesn't make us any better than the world. It just means we are living our lives under the understanding that we are in desperate need of a savior. We have to be willing to stop and let Jesus be Jesus. That he will carry the weight if we just ask him to. But we have to be people who surrender our lives and say, I don't want to bear this burden anymore. I need you to help me carry it. And he absolutely will. One of the things that we also have to address in this role that we get to play in each other's lives as a community that wandering is often done in isolation, but deliverance from that wandering is often done in tandem with Jesus and with other people. James chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. My brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns to him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. It's really easy to look at that and say like, okay, yeah, we are called to turn sinners from their errors. No, no, please don't read it as we and them over there. But we would say we are all sinners. We are all sinners and we all have the opportunity to turn people back towards Jesus or turn people towards Jesus for the first time. We cannot save people's souls, but we can hold their hands and walk them towards their savior. So a question I would ask is, are we willing to walk with others in their wandering? Are we willing to walk with others in their wandering? There is just an obvious reality that every one of our journeys looks different. But in community, we get to walk those journeys out with one another. Sometimes we are the guide. Sometimes we are being guided. Sometimes we're taking people towards Jesus. And sometimes people who we love and who we trust are taking us towards Jesus as well. Jesus will, without a doubt develop beautiful things in us in the process of our wanderings, and Jesus will develop beautiful things in others through us in the process of their wandering. Don't sell that short. Don't neglect that we get to play a part in each other's lives. Sometimes we are the guide. Sometimes we are being guided. Sometimes our wandering will teach us things. Sometimes our wandering will teach others things. Sometimes others' wanderings will teach us things. Like there's, there's so many dynamics to the fact of the seasons and the places of wandering, but we can't let them just go to waste, that we would use them for refinement, that we would use them for restoration, that we would use them to become more competent more faithful followers of Jesus and better friends and family and neighbors to the world around us. There's just one last thing I want to look at. Simple thing that God says to Moses, Deuteronomy chapter two, verses two through three. The Lord then said to me, you've been traveling around this hill country long enough. Turn north. You've been traveling around this hill country long enough. Turn north. The last point this week is enough enough. It's time to stop circling the same mountains. I think there are many of us who need to hear this. It is time to stop walking in circles and get back on the path that the Lord has for us. It's time to stop walking around that addiction. It's time to stop walking around that broken relationship. It's time to stop walking around that apathetic, lazy spirit that we have. It's time for us to just stop walking around the same mountains, stop walking around the same hill country, and turn towards what Jesus is calling us 
to turn towards. I would love to say that that in Deuteronomy chapter two, verse four, all of a sudden Moses and the Israelites are now standing in the midst of the promised land. That, that, that's all it took. You've been you've been here long enough. Just turn, just go. Now you're there. That's not what happened. But what did happen is that they got closer. They got closer. We need to stop focusing on arriving and start focusing on simply obeying. The inobedience to Jesus, we would be people who get to take one step towards what God is calling us to, that we would just be obedient in that. And in that nearness and in that proximity to God, we would find ourselves in the places that he is calling us to go. So whatever is going on in your life, I just want to encourage you. I know it's not as simply as just saying no, but get in nearness and proximity to Jesus. Get in community and say, I don't want to walk around this same mountain anymore. I don't want to wander in this hill country anymore. It's time. It's enough. It's time for me to turn towards what God has for me. Let's reset. Let's recalibrate. And let's get back on the path that Jesus wants us on. Because if we get back on the path that Jesus wants us on, we will stop wandering in that hill country and circling the same mountains. Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.